Hello and welcome to the July edition of In Conversation With, the Lancet HIV's monthly podcast. I'm Peter Hayward, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today I'll be talking to Kenneth Ngure, Associate Professor at Jomo Kenyatta University, Nairobi, Kenya. Ngure is joining me to talk about his paper, Efficiency of Six-Month PrEP Dispensing with HIV Self-Testing in Kenya which presents the results of an open-label, randomised, non-inferiority implementation trial. The July issue of The Lancet HIV also contains, amongst other content, an article looking at associations between integrase inhibitors and cardiovascular disease, and a couple of papers on HIV in the Middle East and North Africa, a research paper on HIV incidents among female sex workers in the region, and a review looking at HIV among key populations. I hope that this has piqued your interest and you'll go and explore this month's issue, but now let's welcome Kenneth Ngure. Hello Ngure, uh, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about your work. PrEP has been one of the key innovations uh, in the past couple of decades in the fight against HIV. Just, I mean, maybe to give us a little bit of background, uh, can you talk about how PrEP rollout is going in Sub-Saharan Africa in general and specifically in Kenya? Thank you, Peter. It's a real uh, pleasure for me to participate in this talk. For PrEP rollout, it's actually gaining momentum in many African countries. And as of April 2022, it's estimated that over 1.8 million people had initiated PrEP in this region, with South Africa, Zambia, Nigeria, Uganda, and Kenya having the largest PrEP program in Africa. For example, South Africa have, has over 500,000 initiations. Additionally, when I last checked, drug authorities in 12 African countries had approved the formal indication of PrEP and national policies in nine countries in Africa have incorporated PrEP as part of a prevention strategy. Specifically in Kenya, PrEP was launched in July 2017 and so far we've had more than 150,000 PrEP initiation. And PrEP is, is an essential component of the combination prevention package and is available for all persons at ongoing risk across the geographies. That's a really impressive. I, I think that's um, yeah, really, really great news for HIV prevention. Alongside that, obviously, there are nothing's ever plain sailing in this world. So what are the key challenges to getting PrEP to the people who need it in Kenya? Are you know our costs a challenge? Are clinic accessibility? Do, do they present barriers? So th thank you. Prep is mainly being delivered at public health facilities in Kenya and other parts of Sub-Saharan Africa, where quarterly facility-based prep visits are required for HIV testing to detect any breakthrough infections. Though often successful, this model of prep delivery is limited by both client level and health system level barriers, including long travel distances wait times at the clinics for clients and high client volumes and costs for often already overstretched health systems. Therefore, efficient strategies for PrEP delivery are needed that could address time and cost barriers and potentially improve client engagement in care and increase the capacity of clinics to deliver PrEP. Um, well, that, I guess that brings us nicely to your paper, which is published in the August issue of the Lancet HIV. Could you give us a brief overview of the aims and the designs of your study? Yes, I'm happy to. Our study, known as GPMEGI PrEP trial, Swahili meaning test yourself, prep yourself, was an open label randomized implementation trial conducted in Dika, Kenya. Dika is a peri urban 
area, roughly 40 kilometers outside the capital Nairobi. We aim to test whether semi-annual PrEP clinic visits supported with six months PrEP dispensing and interim home-based HIV testing would result in equivalent testing, drug referring, and adherence among PrEP clients compared to quarterly visits with three months PrEP dispensing, which is the standard of care. We tested this model among men and women in HIV several different couples and women not in non HIV several different couples. We found that six months PrEP dispensing and interim HIV self-testing reduced the number of PrEP clinics in half while maintaining equivalent HIV testing, PrEP referring and PrEP adherence at month six compared to the standard of care PrEP delivery. Additionally, we found that among women not in known HIV serial different relationship, this model of six months PrEP dispensing with interim HIV self-testing significantly increased PrEP adherence, measured objectively with blood sampling compared to standard of care PrEP delivery. These findings are important because they provide the first evidence on use of HIV self-testing to support PrEP continuation and simplify PrEP delivery. Great, that's a, that's a really nice summary there. Why might uh, six monthly dispensing of PrEP be, be preferable or be beneficial than providing PrEP at the usual, um, with the usual three month intervals that you mentioned earlier? And are there any potential problems that come with providing PrEP at longer intervals? So our study demonstrates that at-home HIV self-testing can replace some of the periodic routine HIV testing conducted at clinics for persons using PrEP, thereby reducing current burdens associated with clients assessing and health facilities delivering PrEP without compromising adherence. This new evidence supports a differentiated model of PrEP delivery in which persons intending to use PrEP for a longer period could benefit from multi-month dispensing greater than three months, supported by interim HIV self-testing to enable biannual clinic visits. Future studies might explore the potential benefits of spacing PrEP clinic visits greater than the six-month intervals tested in this trial and incorporate participants' preferences for longer intervals of desired PrEP dispensing. These differentiated models of PrEP refilling could empower people to take charge of their own care, that is self-care. There are some potential problems uh, that could be associated with these models. For example, these models may require um, a reliable supply of PrEP drugs, which has been a challenge in many countries in this region, which they have to support and um, to address longer use of uh, PrEP. Again, that, that problem, I've said it, I've mixed it a bit. Yeah, so just to say from the potential problems, there are potential problems with these models. One is there is a need for reliable supply chain of PrEP drugs, which has been a challenge in many settings and will need to be addressed to support longer periods of multi-month dispensing. Additionally, multi-month dispensing necessitates a trade-off of other non-related benefits for PrEP users that may be associated with more frequent facility visits, including counseling services, services, access to family planning method, and screening for screening for and treating non-HIV STIs. Thank you. Yeah, those, those clinic visits aren't just about giving out the pills sometimes, are they? Um, just, uh, just actually one thing that occurred to me, just to clarify, 
Is in in your study, this is a prep is taken daily, is it? This is an on-demand prep. No, yes, in our study, because the prep is taken on a daily basis. Yeah, okay, that's great. Um, so then, I mean, you've touched on this previously, uh, that in your study, you the patients are using, or the, the people using PrEP are using HIV self-testing rather than the clinic-based testing. Are there any concerns about the use of HIV self-testing, particularly potentially missing incident HIV infections or, or, or other concerns? Thank you. Compared to blood-based HIV self-tests and rapid diagnostic HIV tests, oral fluid HIV tests specifically have a lower sensitivity, which in theory could contribute to delayed HIV diagnosis. The extent of this risk is potentially mitigated by the reality breakthrough of HIV infection on tenovovil emitricitabine based PrEP, if used correctly. And resistance to the tenovovil based com component is very rare. And well-established successful treatment of individuals who acquired HIV using this tenovovil based regimen. It's worth noting that HIV self-testing supported PrEP delivery to reduce clinic and current burdens may result to better uptake and continuation, thereby outweighing those potential risks. Okay, great. Um, and then really, uh, just finally, sort of following on from your study, I mean, you talked previously about how sort of how PrEP rollout is actually really going, seems to be going really well in Kenya and more broadly in some areas of the region. I'm just wondering, how do you envisage uh, PrEP delivery in Kenya in the future, and what are your hopes for, for PrEP in the future in, in Kenya? Kenya is a leader in Africa in terms of innovations for PrEP delivery. Findings from our study could be used to motivate additional simplified models of PrEP delivery in Kenya and beyond that reduce clients' contact frequency with healthcare clinics to enhance elements of self-care. And facilities uh, could use community-based models of preparatory feeling supported with HIV self-testing, such as preparatory feeling via sexual partners, mobile vans, and online platforms. Since Kenya and many places in the world are looking for ways to enhance efficiency of PrEP delivery, these regions could, could consider evaluating the scale-up of this HIV self-testing model which could reduce the costs and other burdens for clients, providers, and health systems. Therefore, the future of PrEP delivery is bright, especially now that additional biomedical products are also getting added to the HIV prevention toolbox, which could benefit from the learnings and innovations from oral PrEP delivery, including how HIV self-testing could simplify this delivery. Thank you. Yes, that's great. I think that's a really important point about other other methods for um, HIV prevention and and how the lessons from from oral prep would inform inform their use. I think there's a lot of great groundwork that's been done there. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Obviously, we've published quite a lot on prep in the past few years, but perhaps you'd like to take a look at the editorial in the July issue. This issue in which we consider access to long-acting injectable formulations for PrEP, and also take a look back at a review by Daniel Ware and colleagues from July 2021 that looks at health system adaptations to facilitate PrEP scale-up in Sub-Saharan Africa. That's it for this month, but I do hope you will like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, 
and don't forget to join us next month when we continue the conversation. <laughs>